We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for August 9th, 2015. I'm going to pick off where I left, pick up where I left off. Um, I had ran out of battery there and um, kind of cut out halfway, so I have to kind of just re-record this particular part. I, I just figured I'd start a new part here. Um, where I left off is we were talking about the um, uh, the whole black mob violence thing and um, we had I had left off about what happened to my daughter the other night and basically she was in a good part of town Hickory North Carolina and place they'd never had any problems with before and she pulled into a parking garage to drop a friend off and as she did that she ended up encountering a black mob street gang. And um, and when they did that, being kind of naive, um, they noticed at that point that all the shirts were red. And so that they were the Bloods, the black street gang. And um, they were getting very, very evil aggressive nasty looks for no reason whatsoever other than they, they were trying to pull into a parking garage uh, that had been i guess taken over they weren't aware of that and this was normally in a good part of town where there was no problems and very um intimidating aggressive stance posture the whole intimidation factor going on Taylor said that a peace came over her at that point. I, I really believe that they feed off your fear. Just like if a... I've seen just many accounts of occultists and things of this nature that they try to instill fear in their victims because they literally vampirize the fear. And that's what, was, that's what they were trying to instill. So Taylor got very calm. She put her hand on the passenger seat and tried to look back to just pull backwards. She was being blocked in. They were surrounding her car. She just maintained her calmness. They kind of blocked her in, and then they reluctantly started to let her out. And I don't know how much time it went by before that happened, but it was a pretty good amount of time, I think. And as she was pulling back, the leader of this gang uh, started approaching the car in an, in a, an aggressive manner. And as soon as he got to a certain distance close to the car, very close, he made sure that he pulled up his shirt and showed him that he had a gun tucked into his the waist of his pants or whatever. And uh, smiled at them. No, totally unprovoked. But see, you know, this happens all the time, all across America, with very little said about it at all. So, yeah, it's kind of close to home. Knowing my daughter wouldn't hurt a fly and did nothing to provoke this whatsoever 
and I hear this devil like Louis Farrakhan going up there touting the plight of the black man and how the white people are the, are the cause of all their ills and all their problems and all their woes. Knowing that there is a mass of white people out there not trying to provoke this type of stuff. Just wanting to mind their own business. Being bullied and intimidated and stalked and beat and raped and gang beat by thugs like this. I got no use for it. I don't like bullies. So I'm going to expose it. And I'm not going to make any apologies for it. If it's not exposed, it will continue to worsen. And wor and I'm not saying it's not going to continue to worsen, but people need to be aware of this. This is the man that wrote the book, White Girl Bleed A Lot. This is his trailer. Being the author of White Girl Bleed A Lot, I get a lot of different kind of reactions to the book. A, a lot of fans think I'm supposed to be a leader of some kind of movement. A lot of fans um, think I'm supposed to be this or that. All I am is a guy standing on the corner watching a car crash and wondering why everybody else on the corner is trying to convince me there's no car crash. White Girl Bleed A Lot is about an epidemic of racial violence more than 100 cities, more than 500 examples, many documented on video, and how the press and public officials ignore it. Over 500 examples, okay? But the, you know what? It's all imaginary. It's not happening. The black race is doing nothing collectively to bring anything on themselves. They're purely puritanical and innocent. But that's almost how, when I listen to Farrakhan, that's almost like... There's no responsibility to being taken for their own actions. You know, you reap what you sow. If you act in this manner, there's going to be... But no, now there's not consequences in America. Now it's just ignored. So what happens when you let somebody who is bent on doing evil keep doing it? Well, they're going to continue to do it because there's been no repercussions or minimal and that's why we're seeing an explosion of this because it's it's not being policed literally or it's being policed at a disproportionately low level this is going on it's not being reported justice is not being done and the audacity of Farrakhan to come out there and say that we need to kill 10,000 white cops or white people because they're killing us wholesale, is just, to me, beyond mind-boggling. When they're clearly the aggressors, the vast majority of the time. But I guess facts really don't matter in this bold, new, brave, new world that we live in. I don't think that, you know, what, with what Taylor went through the night, she, I don't think she's ever been that scared in her life. Just in that little instance. And nothing really ended up happening. But I can't imagine, you know, the people that are literally getting attacked, gang beat, raped, all of this wickedness and evil being done to them. And I'm not saying white people aren't capable of evil behavior. I'm not giving the white race a pass. But I'm saying it's occurring at an unbelievably disproportionate ratio here. 
And there's media silence, which tells me how much it must be near and dear to Satan's heart that this continues to perpetuate, or there wouldn't be media silence over it. Don't it? Excuse it? Sometimes you can lie about it. This black mob violence happens in the big cities along the East Coast where you might expect it. Baltimore, Detroit, Chicago, New York, Miami. But it also happens in smaller towns. Peoria, Springfield, Greensboro. Uh, it also happens in places where it's very nasty, but you might not expect it there if you've never been there. Indianapolis, Milwaukee, Seattle, Portland. It's everywhere over the entire country. Everybody's playing from the same playbook. Ignore it. Hope it goes away. Explain it away. And if that's not working, that's why I wrote White Girl Bleed a lot, because nobody was talking about it. The internet is full of thousands of videos of black mob violence, so we don't have to depend on daily newspapers anymore to figure out what is really happening. But the problem when we wrote a book is how do I get these videos into a paperback book? Here's how the new edition solves that problem. I think for the first time, really, this book is going to have more than 100, they call them QR codes. Just use your smartphone, scan the code, all of a sudden the video that I'm talking about in the book as an example of black mob violence, that video will show up right here on your smartphone. See, he's got, the video footage is all here. It hasn't been sanitized from the net, the internet yet. I got a 35 or 36 page document that's mostly all links to these videos and reports. You can't refute these videos. You can't say that they're, they're, they're not happening. Which I've had a lot of people basically just ignore them. That, that have tried to enter into, into arguments and debates with me on this. I mean, I think every one of them have been black, unfortunately. I mean, I don't want it to be this way. But, you know, it's like it doesn't matter to them. It doesn't matter how much many facts you put in front of them. It's like, wow, okay, well, you know, have fun with that. I, 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 you know, I, it's the world according to you and whatever narrative you've chosen to believe. Unfortunately, I see that as uh, a huge issue. So we don't have to depend upon the local daily papers anymore to misreport this violence. We get it straight and wrong. Anyway, White Girl Bleed a Lot. It's a book, Colin Flattery. You can find it on the internet. Now, more about um, this particular subject. Crime, they say, is colorblind, says a Milwaukee police chief. Race is not important, a Chicago newspaper editor assures us. But that denies the obvious. America is the most race-conscious society in the world. We learn that every day from black caucuses, black teachers, black unions, black ministers, black colleges, black high schools, black music, and black moguls, etc., etc. We learn it in the stories written about members of the National Association of Black Journalists. We talk about it, everything except black mob violence and lawlessness. That is taboo, off-limits. The result, few know about it, fewer still are talking about it, and that behavior then perpetuates, which is exactly what Satan wants. Today, is a, it is an epidemic level in almost every city in the country. The list of cities under attack is getting longer and longer. I mean, hey, you can add Hickory, North Carolina to the list as far as I'm concerned. And some cities suffering dozens of attacks in the last few years alone. More and more and more. Des Moines, Iowa, yes, 
the Iowa State Fair, the Heartland, no less, during what one cop called Beat Whitey Night, Peoria, Illinois, absolutely, as many as nine race riots in 2011 alone, right in the middle of Middle America. And in Milwaukee, yes, in the 4th of July, after looting a nearby convenience store, a crowd of nearly 100 blacks set upon some white teens on a picnic. After beating one white woman, a black woman noted, oh, white girl bleed a lot. That's how it got its book. The name got its, the book got its name. And the Milwaukee State Fair is probably the most explicit and public hate crime arena anyone has seen in years. Hundreds of black people roam the fairgrounds targeting white people for violence. But hey, that's okay. And as a white person, I need to be silent about that. It's fine. Target us white people all day long. We'll be good little spineless white people and not say a word. That's what is expected. 100% that's what is, that is what is expected. I've, I've, that's amply been communicated to me by the, by the black listeners I've lost. That I'm a racist for even bringing this up. Yet, if they were held to the same accountability that they want me to be held accountable to, they would go kicking and screaming. They would not do it. They would not take what they're expecting me to be silent about if it was happening to them. Never in a million years. But I'm supposed to because I'm white. I'm not built that way. Editorial reviews. Reading Colin Flattery's book made it painfully clear to me that the magnitude of this problem is even greater than I had discovered in my own research. He documents both the race riots and the media and the political evasions in dozens of cities across America. That was Thomas Sowell of National Review. Colin Flattery has done more reporting, more reporting than any other journalist on what appears to be a nationwide trend of skyrocketing black-on-white crime, violence, and abuse. World Net Daily. This is an important book. You must read White Girl Bleed a Lot, Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson. Another one, John Derbyshire says, What's happening, as the book makes indisputably clear, is first, black mob violence against non-black persons and property and second, appalling indifference, denial, and cover-up by the police and the media. I guess that's why this is, this is so enraging to me, because the white race is the one that's primarily being targeted by this in an unbelievably disproportionate way, and then you've got guys like Farrakhan up there saying that whites are the cause of all evils and deaths of black people and black men in particular, and that they need to start killing the cops. When in the vast majority of cases, they've done something to provoke that action. Not all, but a lot of them. And because they commit the, the majority of crimes in a disproportionate manner, you cannot expect the cops not to come after them. That's not my fault as a white person that they're doing that. But I'm being blamed for it? Here's a, here's a lovely letter I just got yesterday from a listener who I've done nothing for but be an absolute total Christian to for years. Okay, a black woman who's been my listener for years. I have sent her free nutrients, free supplement regimes. One of them, I even read you the testimony one time how she said that it literally saved her life. She was on the verge of having a heart attack. I sent her a free nutrient regime. Okay? Free supplement protocol. 
She didn't have a lot of money. I sent it to her. Here. No, no, no strings, no nothing. I don't even normally ever say when I do stuff like that because I don't want to draw attention to it. But I did. And I did it on more than one occasion. Free advice, free nutritional advice, free spirit. I mean, everything. Answered all of her questions. Was nothing but a Christian tour. And this is how I ultimately get rewarded. So I'm going to do a point-by-point rebuttal of just one of the multitude of emails she has sent me to try to let me know what a white racist scumbag I am. I'm not even going to say her name. But to Scott Johnson, my comments are in green. This is in the PDF. Subject, black, black, black listeners attack and comments. Scott Johnson is a total racist and tool of Satan, and white men rule this world. I put in the Scott Johnson is a total racist and tool of Satan part, because that's basically what she's saying in this email to me, which is just one of many letting me know what a devil I am from the pit of hell. And she, but it was actually entitled, White Men Rule This World. You know what, lady? Satan rules this world through some of them are white, some of them are Jewish, some of them are black, some of them are Oriental. But again, she's obviously bought into the narrative that white men are the root source of all evil on the planet. And I wonder who put that notion in her head. Was it God? Was it the God of the Bible? Or was it Satan? Because I would never say black men rule the world and are the source of all evil. I would never say that. But she has the audacity to actually title this email that. So good for her. Bravo. She starts out by saying, under the direct auspices of the prince and power of the air, white racism, white supremacy is, the un- is universal on planet Earth. Now you have to understand, this is a long time listener that calls herself a born-again Bible-believing Christian who I've done nothing more, who I've done nothing but be good to, be Christian to, be generous to, be nice to. And this is how I get rewarded. And this has happened to me multitudes of times over the years. But I won't let it stop me in ministry. I won't let, you know why? Because I don't put my trust in man. I don't. Ultimately, everyone could betray me. And I would still not, not turn my back on Jesus Christ. I know that. I have no doubt about it. Because I do not put my trust in man. But this spirit of delusion where God says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 4, this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie. She's in a very dangerous spot here. Why? Because of what the next verse says then. That they might all be damned who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. She's taking pleasure in unrighteousness. She's believing a lie. She's having no love for the truth. And the thing is, is, she always was like on the same page with the ministry. And then this racism thing got her and, and now all of a sudden I'm the seed of Satan. Because I'm pointing out the obvious. I'm pointing out facts. I'm pointing out all the hypocrisy. 
And she doesn't want to hear it. It doesn't matter how much facts I give her. It doesn't matter. It's only relevant. I am an evil white person. And the white people are the source of all evil on the planet to her now. Wow, okay. White racism and white supremacy is universal on planet Earth. Are you stupid? LOL, black people cannot be racist. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Wow. What unbelievable logic there. My, my comment, oh really? I love how you're supposedly creating and controlling the narrative here as though you are the ultimate judge, jury, and rule maker regarding this given subject. How utterly hypocritical of you. Oprah Winfrey, Winfrey recently said that racism will not disappear until all older white Americans die. But see, that's fine for her to say. Just like it's fine for Louis Farrakhan to call for, you know, 10,000 black men to rise up and kill whites. It's fine. Oprah Winfrey could say that. It's, it's fine. That's not racism. Nope. Blacks can't be racist. I love it. Yep. Did you know that? I've heard that over and over and over again. Blacks cannot be racist. Wow. Talk about leaving your brain on the night table when you got up this morning and just leaving your, checking your brains at the door. That doesn't even make any remote sense. But I guess because they say it, it's true. But what Oprah... Uh, did not mention is the inescapable fact that racism is alive and well in the minds of many black Americans. So predominant is this hatred that many blacks are convinced that other blacks are racist, the ones that are honest. In a recent Rasmussen poll, 31% think most blacks are racist, meaning 31% of blacks think most blacks are racist. And I guess according to you, this is all made up lies. I hate white people, said LaShawn Martin, a black man who attacked an older white man in New York's Union Square, knocking him into a coma. Oh, the knockout game? That's not racism. When, when like, young black youths come up and just cold cock some old white guy, defenseless in the street, and kill him, which has happened on... That's not racism! That's goodness! That's them showing us how much they love us and how much they care. There's no racism involved there. They love whites! I'm saying all that to dramatize the hypocrisy. He just knocked him into a coma that ultimately resulted in his death. That's happened over and over and over again, all suppressed in the news. Now, can you imagine if white guys were going around doing that to random older black men? Front page news for the next year. It's not happening. Or if it does happen, it's at an infinitesimal level compared to how it's happening to white people. But that's fine. Not a word about the racist nature of that attack or any of the other attacks from Sharpton, Jackson, or Winfrey. No, it doesn't fit the narrative. Whites are the source of all evil on the planet. They need to die. So they're doing God's service by, by cold cocking older white gentlemen or, or even younger white people in... in, in hopefully killing them with one punch. And um, they're doing God's service, obviously. It's pleasing to God. It's almost the way you would think that they think. There's no reaction. Even the establishment media is reluctant to characterize the attack as racist. That wasn't racist. 
Where is the black mainstream media outrage of these things? And this is just a couple things. I got 36 pages of documentation about this. No, no, now it's up to over 50. I'm sorry. Colin Flannery's book, over 500 examples. No, it's not, it's not racially motivated. They love white people. That's why they do it. Brutal footage of unsuspecting Navy veteran walking with a cane knocked out by a black thug in the knockout attack. This is just a recent report. There's a video there. All the links are here provided. You can click on them. There's the, the, um, the, and the Navy veteran never saw it coming. Because that's how it usually happens. They don't even see it coming. Nothing like a fair fight, you know? No. Let's stack the deck. Horror. Black youths mock and laugh at unconscious and bloody victim after a 4th July beatdown. Police had to rescue the man from an attacking mob of about 40 black people because they tend to attack that way. Black mob violence. Pile on and gang up. Because they're so brave. How about this little picture of this little toddler with a split open head? Little white toddler girl. Was the attack on a white mother and toddler part of a racist knockout gang? Have, did you see the video footage on there? I'll give you the link here. Another attack barely mentioned in the mainstream media. And this is just in the past like month or so. Barely mentioned by the mainstream media. Why is there a double standard when it comes to coverage of racial attacks by mainstream media? Let's just play this. And don't tell me that I'm a weirdo because I'm upset about this. I'm just sick of that. Joe Biggs here with Infowars.com. Now, yesterday we showed a video of a white woman holding her toddler at a park outside when a group of younger black women approach her. One of them hits the mother, punches her while she's holding her toddler. The toddler falls to the ground. Totally unprovoked. The mother is dragged out into a field where she was continuously punched in the head by a black woman. For no reason. Yep, that's silence. Yep, no one's talking about it. But if it was a black mother holding her toddler and it was a white lady who walked over to that park bench and punched her in the face, guess what? You'd hear it all day, every day, on everything. NPR, CNN, Amen. Fox News, everywhere. Amen. You would hear someone talking about it, calling this woman a bigot, a racist, demonizing her for the rest of her life. It would be called a hate crime. But because it is a black girl punching a white woman... And you, and you watch the start of the video, the girl is doing nothing. She's sitting there with her toddler on a park bench. This black girl's hovering over with other black girls around because they always have to have a gang with them, typically. There's never a fair fight involved, if, if possible. Okay, or somebody ready to step in there and make sure it's not a fair fight. That's typical. Okay, I'm sorry, but that's what I'm seeing. Okay, black mob violence. They call it mob violence for a reason. And, you know... Nothing. Did you hear about this on the on the? You would have guaranteed her about this if the tables were turned, though. Yep. Still nothing there. I'm not gonna hear anything. It's called a knockout game. It's a game when it's a black person hitting a white person. But if it's a white person hitting a black person, then it is a hate crime. Welcome to exactly. America. That's lesson number one. It's interesting that this is called a game and not what it truly is, a hate crime. Now, I'm going to show you quite a few videos of these knockout game incidents that have happened all over the world. In one instance, I'm going to show you right now, a man in England, in the UK, is walking, a black guy comes up to him, 
Guy's doing nothing at all to provoke this. He is literally looking away. This black guy just walks up beside him. He's got another black guy near him to make sure that if he does fight back, they got the other guy there to beat on him. And he just winds up and bolo punches this guy in the face. I think it kills him. I think he's dead. Hits him. He falls from an elevated position. He's on a road where there's a curb. Off a curb. The man falls, hits his head, kills him. He's dead. But it's a game. There's no outcry. Totally lifeless body right there. For no reason at all. Whatever. But if the tables had turned and that white man walked by a black guy and hit him and he fell to the ground and was killed, it'd be all over the news. That man would be demonized. He'd be thrown in jail for the rest of the life. The key would be taken and thrown away. Exactly. Why? Because in this day and time, if you are white, you're automatically a bigot or racist. Absolutely. And... Your ancestors were all slave owners, regardless of the fact that they were or weren't. This is what we have to do, though. Why is it not okay to talk about these things, but it's okay to talk about the other side of the spectrum? There is hate crimes of blacks on whites and the other way around, but we can't just focus on the ones... But it's incredibly disproportionate of black on white. And that's a, that is a statistical fact. This is going on at an incredibly much higher rate. Okay, even if it was a 2 to 1 ratio, it would be double. Okay, we're talking 39 to 1 in certain instances. So it's not even close. Make us feel comfortable. It's okay to talk about white people attacking black people or these cops murdering young black men when exactly the same thing happens on the other side of the spectrum. White cops are killing white kids as well. It happens. But no one cares to talk about that. Everyone wants to At a much higher ratio than white cops are killing black. And I'm going to give you those statistics in a little bit. To throw up the race, the race card, and that's all you hear about every, every single day. Race this, race that. And all that does is create further racial tension. It makes white people feel like the black people don't like More knockout of whites are like showing in the background. And it starts a stereotype that circulates and it gets embedded in people's minds and the next generation comes along and the next generation comes along and it never stops. We're all the same. We're created equal. We There's another guy that just killed. As human beings, because we all have the same needs and wants. We all need food. We all need money to provide for our family to get that food. We all want shelter. We all have to get jobs to provide shelter for ourselves and for our families. These are the basic needs that we all have. And we're all the same there. So we have to stop looking at one side of the thing and ignoring the other. So tell me what you think in the comments below. Was this a hate-filled crime or purely a game? No, it was love. With Info Wars. It was love. The, the black girl was showing love toward the white girl with the toddler. The toddler got its head, had her little head split wide open. I have a nice picture here to show you if you'd like to see it. It looks like, ooh, probably about mm, 20 stitches at least. This demon-possessed black girl attacked this girl while she was sitting there with her little toddler and didn't care about the little baby on her lap. How evil do you have to be to do that? Then this listener says to me, which black people can put whites in jail? 
this is this is what she said. I said, well, a black law, law enforcement officer, good. Okay? This is how delusional. Then she says, stop them. Which Okay, so which black people can put whites in jail? Stop them from getting jobs. Oh, so that's my fault that blacks can't get jobs. As a white. I'm collectively to blame for that. Is what she's saying in so many words. Or redraw redistricting lines for voting purposes. Oh, that's my fault too. You're right. That's my fault. Do you understand the collective delusion we're dealing with here? Now, I'm not saying all blacks believe this. But I'm saying she does. And this was a long-time listener who I've been nothing but gold to. And she has turned on me like a rabid dog. And it's like, wow, it didn't take a whole lot. <laughs> I mean, it really didn't. Your true colors have really shown. I'm glad. I'm glad to know. Glad to know this is how you are. I'd much rather, much rather get this stuff out in the air, know how people are, than have on some facade, which evidently that's all it ever was. So redraw redistricting lines for voting purposes or discriminate in housing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, that's my fault? I'm to blame for that? My response, oh, really? That's collect so that's collectively every white person's fault, all the things that you just mentioned there. How convenient for you and all, and all that share your belief system. Here is an honest black man. Here is what an honest black man has to say about this. Okay? We're going to play till 551, and there is some language, so if you want... I, but I don't know how to do this and not have a lot of the blacks that comment on this have some language. Now, it's not really super, but it's there is some in there. And the ones that have commented on this are rather passionate about it because they're literally exposing what other blacks are doing. And, and trying to give them a reality check, which I really appreciate. CNN news anchor Don Lemon did a show about the top five things that's destroying the black community. He mostly so CNN news anchor did a show about the top five things that are destroying the black community. That's what he said. Talked about self responsibility. Now we all know when a black person talks about self responsibility, he's going to be attacked and he's going to be criticized. Ever since Don Lemon did so, like all the stuff that she just listed. Like, a lot of that would have to do with, with self-responsibility, about, about jobs and stuff like that. But she's blaming me for it. And it's like, wow, I wasn't aware this was all my fault. But evidently, somebody that's in that mindset wants to blame it all on the white people and take no self-responsibility. So I like it when other blacks actually point out their hypocrisy and do the job for me. Because you can't say they're biased. You can't say that, oh, you're doing it from a white perspective. No, they're black, and they're saying it. This show, he's been called an Uncle Tom. He's been called a house nigga. He's been given death threats. Black liberals hate talking about the truth. They hate hearing any black person talk about self-responsibility. Because when you talk about self-responsibility, they can't play the victim. And the problem I have with a lot of liberals... They just want black people to be the victims. They don't want black people to be accountable for anything we do. Isn't that what 
all of this stems from that we just, Farrakhan, you're all a bunch of victims. Go out and rise up and kill all the whites. This listener, do you see the victim in the, the, the I'm a victim and you're to blame, Whitey? Basically, that's what they're saying. And it's like, wow. I mean, I'm not saying there's no bad things that have ever been committed against the black races across the thing, but you know what? I'm not collectively responsible, personally. Just like I wouldn't blame you for like a black mob attack in Peoria, Illinois against a white, I'm not gonna blame the person I'm corresponding with for that particular attack, but they'll do that to me though, because I'm white. It's total hypocrisy. And this is what's destroying the black community. If two black people kill each other, that's not the white man's fault. If a black man is not being a father to his child, that's not the white man's fault. If a black kid drops out of school, that's not the white man's fault. We need to start being accountable for our own actions. We need to stop trying to blame the white man for everything we do wrong as black people. The only way we're going to solve the problems in the black community, we need to address the problems in the black community. And the problem I have with people like Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson they, won't, they don't want to address the real issues in the black community. And if they do address these issues, they just make excuses for bad behavior. We need to stand up and say enough is enough. That's why I completely agree with what Don Lemon was talking about. I completely agree with what Bill O'Reilly was talking about. Tommy sort of mayor did a show talking about how he agreed with Bill O'Reilly and Don Lemon. The nigga with the tattoos did a video talking about how he agrees with Bill O'Reilly and Don Lemon. There's a lot of black people that agree with Don Lemon, but they're gonna they're gonna be attacked for simply talking about self responsibility. And this is what black people don't want to hear. We all know this is the truth, but we don't want to hear the truth. Because the truth hurts. I love black people who talk about real talk. Who are not afraid to tell it like it is. Amen. And I think this is the type of real talk we need to have in the black community. I think what people call people... So please understand, my remarks today are not directed toward this man or anybody that, that, that is being honest and has that... Near, I know what... Listen, I shake their hand, man. I love them. All I want is truth interjected into this. We're not getting... Tr they're not getting the truth. Evidently, they're being, they're being fed a, a line of garbage that they're buying into that is creating all of this black-on-white hatred. It's unwarranted, and it's wrong, and it's not biblical. People like Don Lemon and Uncle Tom, and call him a house nigga. I think that shuts down discussion. That stops us from progressing as a people. Whether you agree with Don Lemon or not, to call this man a house nigga, to call him an Uncle Tom, just because he has a different point of view than you do, I think that's completely ignorant. I think that's completely selfish. Most of what Don Lemon was talking about was about better in the black community. I don't see what's so wrong about that. 
He talked about the fact that 70% of black kids are being born out of wedlock. 70% of black kids are raised without a father. And this destruction of the black family is the reason why so many of these black kids end up going into the prison system. End up I mean, that by itself speaks unbelievable volume. 70% born out of wedlock with no father. The, the, particularly the black males end up in prison. But that's my fault, evidently, according to Louis Farrakhan, according to my listener, my former listener, and others. And it's like, wow, you really are blind. You really are self-deluded. You really have a victim mentality. And you know, this is going to make your life so much better. This victim mentality. Blaming me is going to make your life so much better. Because I guess you can direct your hate to me. And I guess that gives you some type of satisfaction. It's not going to help you. What this man is saying is the truth. What this black man is saying is the truth. I'm getting in trouble with the law. Because most of these boys are being raised without a father. These boys need father figures. And we have to realize, a lot of black women need to realize that you can't raise these boys alone. Every boy needs some type of father figure in his life. Amen. And a lot of these women don't realize this. They think they can raise these boys alone without any male influence in his life. And you see the result of that because if you go to these neighborhoods and interview these gang members, most of these gang members were raised by single mothers. Most of the black men in prison were raised by single mothers. Most of the black men on death row were raised by single mothers. We have to stop this single mother epidemic. We need more black people to get married, have their kids in marriage, in order to build a stronger black family structure. It all starts with the family. It all starts with the upbringing. Amen. That's why I completely agree with what Don Lemon was saying and what Bill O'Reilly is saying. Now, the sagging your pants epidemic, at first I think this was a fad. It started in the 90s. But it's a fad that hasn't went away yet. I think a lot of these younger black boys need to realize you can't just say... Okay, so he gets into using the ASS word, so I'm going to stop it there. But he gets into the fact that, you know, they're saying there's no jobs. Well, you go into a job interview and you got your pants sagging below, you're behind, and you got tattoos all over you or whatever, or you're dressed like a, you know, a thug or whatever, and you wonder why you can't get a job. Now, that's him saying it. Then Don Lemon goes on to say, he says, you realize where that started? The saggy pants thing? It started in prison. And the way it worked in prison was that the person with the saggiest pants, the lowest pants, was the one that was the, considered submissive. And they were the ones that were, that were um, basically dominated by the, by the more dominant inmates in a sexual way. They were the ones that were sodomized. So if you had real saggy pants in prison as um, particularly a black man, you were the one that was going to be sodomized. That was your cue, your signal, that I'm submissive. That's where it started. 
So it's not some badge of honor. It's not some badge of, like, I'm Mr. Macho. It's the exact polar opposite of that. And those were black men saying it, not me. I'm just not going to play the rest of the interview because they use the ASS word a lot. And I'm sorry about the language that you heard in there, but I don't know how else to do it. I figure, I, I really feel like that when there's honest black people that are, that are out there getting into this type of information, it carries far more impact than me as a white person saying anything about it. I can cite statistics all day long, but you can say I'm biased. Those guys aren't biased. They're stating facts. They're confirming what I'm saying. This victim mentality. Now, going further in my response to her, I actually had another black listener attack me the other day, like you were doing, and tell me that the Charleston church shooting was a, quote, national call to repentance for all white people, end of quote. So the Dylan Roof Charleston church shooting, which I in a billion years would never condone and feel is totally abhorrent, and would never condone as a white person for that to happen. But if somebody was armed in that church, like there's somebody should have been in there, they could have prevented a whole lot of carnage. I will say that. And that's a whole other Second Amendment issue. But anyway, this other black listener had the, and then had all these links about the KKK and garbage like that, about like, I guess I'm aligning myself. And I'm like, this has nothing to do. I, I think. KKK? I'm not no KKK guy. There's, those guys are devils. They're morons. I am pursuing truth. I am pursuing honesty and I can't stand hypocrisy. Don't put me in that camp because I'm not going to be in that camp. I don't condone what they're doing any more than the, what Farrakhan's doing. But he said the Charleston church shooting, this listener a long-time listener of mine, said was a national call to repentance for all white people. Oh, really? So I am to blame. Me as a white, and all the white people are to blame for what Dylan Roof, most like an MK Ultra mind control slave, did that fit the narrative of the Illuminati and they've been blowing that up and calling for takeaway our guns and all this other stuff. But it's all white people's fault. That's fair. That's fair. As if all whites are responsible for that shooting, to which the vast majority of whites, including myself, would never condone that satanic behavior ever. But hey, for people like yourself, it's just easier to blame and hate all whites, I guess. Now, if I apply the same logic and blame game mentality you are invoking here, then I, as a white person, say, can say that every time a white girl is raped or beat, or a violent act is committed against a white person, which happens at a 39 to 1 disproportionate ratio against whites, according to federal statistics, see below, which we'll get in that in a second, that every time I see that happening, that I can indict all blacks and tell them that every time this happens, it is a national call to repentance for all black Americans. Would that be fair if I did that to all blacks, to say, oh, an another white guy got killed in, in the knockout game for no absolute reason at all. You know what? That's a national call to repentance for, for all blacks. Is that fair to me to do that? To all blacks every time it happens? No. But evidently, he felt it was fair that he says that to me. Because I'm held to a totally different accountability 
evidently, as a white person. An accountability they would never submit to. The ones that are attacking me. Never in a million years. So I'm using their own distorted, warped, deluded logic against them. Let's swip, let's, let's turn the tables. How would you like it? You would never put up with it for one second, but you expect me as a white person to put up with it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to make apologies for it either. Total hypocrisy. So how fair, how is that for fair? Do you like having the same illogical standards you are applying to all whites applied to yourself? I'm sure the very thought of this is outrageous to you and is equally, and it is equally outrageous to me as well. And to God as God abhors unjust scales and balances, which is what you're trying to impose on the, all the white race, essentially. Because you say so. Because you've bought into some narrative lie. Let's go further. Federal statistics show blacks are 39 times more likely to commit a violent crime against whites than vice versa. This is from the Examiner. These are federal statistics, uh, August 25th, 2014. The New Century Foundation studies uh, federal crime reports and found significant differences in the crime ratio between the races. Verified by the FBI's NCVS, the National Crime Victim Victimization Survey, and the Department of Justice's UCR, which is the Uniform Crime Reports, and the FBI's Communication Division. They state emphatically that the judicial system is not biased against minorities, but statistically, if they were bi biased against minorities, then all of these reports about black-on-white crime would be getting equal billing. No, they would be getting more billing. They're getting ignored. The exact opposite. So we know they're not biased against blacks. They're not even reporting on this stuff. So it's the exact opposite of bias. It's condoning. They emphatically state that the judicial system is not biased against minorities, but statistically blacks are seven times more likely than other people of other races to commit murder and eight times more likely to commit robbery. Now, again, that's my fault. It's Scott Johnson. That's all my fault. It's a national call to repentance for whites because of what they're doing. Their actions. That's not biblical. The person bears their own sin. They don't bear the sin of their, of their children or, or the children don't bear the sin of the fathers. You bear your own sin. We all have choices to make in the end. You know, you can blame it on this and your upbringing and all this other stuff. The bottom line is, is in the end, you reap what you sow. You can, you're, you're not going to be able to go before God and give all these excuses about why I murdered this or did this or raped this person or whatever in the most extreme examples. It's not, it, that doesn't work. You need to man up and own up to your own actions. You have to, eventually. You want to do it in this life and get saved. Okay, you wait to the next, you're going to be in hell. Blacks are three times more likely to use a handgun and twice more likely to use a knife. Hispanics commit three times more violent crime than whites, but the statistics are nebulous because sometimes they are classified as whites. So it could be far higher. So in other words, the Hispanic committing three more time violent crimes could be far higher because they protect 
the Hispanics as well. Okay? The best indicator of violent crime levels in an area is the percent of population that is black and Hispanic. But that's my fault as a white person. Okay? I'm being blamed for that. The best indicator of violent crime levels in an area where you live is the percent of population that is black and Hispanic. I'm not going to apologize for that. Why should I, as a white person, apologize for that? It's not my fault. Blacks are 39 times more likely to commit a violent crime against whites than vice versa. Three different federal crime statistic databases are verifying this. And blacks are 136 times more likely to commit a robbery against whites. Not two times, not 25% higher. 136 times more likely to commit a robbery against a white person. But that's my fault because I'm, I'm an evil white person, right? According to a lot of blacks, that's the case. They don't care about these statistics. It's irrelevant to them. 45% of black crime is against whites. Black crime in general. 43% is against other blacks, which you never hear about that because that doesn't fit the narrative. Blacks are killing blacks, which happens all the time. And 10% is against Hispanic. Blacks are seven more times likely to go to prison than a white person, and Hispanics are three times more. Fact, from 2011 to 2013, 38.5% of people arrested for murder, manslaughter, rape, robbery, and aggravated assault were black. This figure is three times, is three times higher than the 13% black population figure. When you account for the fact that black males aged 15 to 34, who only account for 3% of the total black population, are responsible for the vast majority of these crimes, the figures are even more staggering. So in other words, 3% of the black population are committing almost all of the 38.5% of people arrested for murder, manslaughter, rape, robbery, and aggravated assault in America. And they only represent 3% of the population. But they're committing 38.5% of those crimes I just listed. And as a white person, that's my fault. Is what I'm being accused of. Can you imagine if I tried to accuse a black person of the exact opposite? They wouldn't put up with it for a second. Equality facts, the indisputable facts about racial equality. 90% of all interracial crimes in the U.S. are committed by blacks against whites. But see, I can't say that as a white person because I'm, I'm a racist. Source, U.S. Department of Justice. There's a big website link you can click here to verify it. 90% of all interracial crimes in the U.S. are committed by blacks against whites. 90%. Why isn't this front page news? Think this is a problem that's been totally swept under the rug 
Well, I'm not sweeping it under the rug. I'm going to expose it. And if the tables were turned and, you know, the blacks were just finding out this type of information, they would do the same thing I'm doing. They would. Back to my letter. Also, here's another honest take on the subject. And I've played this before. Black pastor drops epic truth bomb about Charleston shooting video. In the video, the pastor begins by calling out President Obama and the Department of Injustice, calling them race hustlers and saying that if the races of the shooter and victims had been different, the incident would have received little to no attention from the media. Absolutely. And especially if a gun wasn't used. Why is it that Obama and the rest of the race hustlers... Now, this is a black pastor saying this. Why is it that the Obama and the rest of the race hustlers tell us that we cannot judge the entire religion of Islam by the actions of a few fanatics, but it's okay to judge all conservatives and gun owners by the actions of an obvious lunatic, the Charleston shooter, the one where we get all the demonization of the uh, Confederate flag? Then, back to the letter, my former listener says, I expected more from you. Instead, you turned out to be a sniffling, prejudicial, insignificant blight on Christendom. This is the listener I've done nothing but be Christian to and good to. You turned out to be a sniffling, prejudicial, insignificant blight on Christendom. Endeavor to keep the unity and the spirit and the bond of peace. Oh, and this is what you're doing, obviously is what the Bible says. So now she's going to start preaching to me and giving me a morality lesson here. My response, oh, so what you're really saying here is that in order to not offend the blacks to keep the unity, I need to, especially as a white person, keep my mouth shut about all the truth I just went over, as that would be much more biblical and pleasing to God, evidently, in your world. I'm sure you would have no problem being held to the same accountability and standard wouldn't you? No, you wouldn't keep your mouth shut for a second. Obviously, she's not. I make no apologies for exposing evil, and as a watchman, it is one of the primary jobs and callings I have. Ephesians 5, 11 and through 16 says, and have no fellow, well, actually, it's not all the way through. I think it's like 5 through 13. The Bible says, in Ephesians 5, 11 through 13, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. We're supposed to reprove them, especially as a watchman. But all things that are approved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. My comment, light always overcomes and exposes darkness. Wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light, then walk circumspectly, not as fools, which is what a lot of what I'm talking about today, us walking circumspectly as Christians. We're going to look at the definitions in a second. But as wise, we're supposed to be wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now the Noah 1828 Noah Webster Dictionary defines these words. Reprove means to blame or to convince a fault or to make it manifest. Or to manifest the works of evil, to expose them, to shed light on them, to excite a sense of guilt, 
To manifest also means to plain or open, clearly visible to the eye and obvious to understanding, apparent, not obscure, difficult to be seen or understood. That's what we do in this ministry. We're making these things manifest. To walk circumspectly. Circumspectly means cautiously, with watchfulness every way, with attention to guard against surprise or danger. My, my daughter learned that the other night the hard way about walking circumspectly. And then 1 Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should get advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Then she says to me, shame on you, shame on you. Are you... Are black police illegally murdering white children and other white people in the streets? Actually, I don't have enough time to get it. I'm going to have to stop here. And um, I'm going to go ahead and start the next part. We're going to pick up here where where um, we left off here. So God bless you. And oh man, I don't even know what part it is. Five I think we're going into. Yeah, we'll see you in part five. God bless you.